Thanks for listening to another Corner Church Conversation on Success today. Uh, Greg, Zach, and myself, Scott, we're going to be having a good conversation here about uh, the foundations, the process of being trustworthy and trusting, and as opposed to just doing in order to be successful, being. And so enjoy. Friday, guys. Great success. It's Friday. You know, I li- was listening to last week's podcast, was editing it, preparing it, and uh, we don't podcast as well in the morning. No. Really? Yeah. But, but it happened. I, well, not only were we in Uptown where it's just louder. Yeah. We were off. It just wasn't. I felt like it was good. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, too, that our overtime podcasting ideally would be like we're curating and producing better content but at least for myself my offerings have slowly been on the decline really? i don't oh. feel like i've offered better i feel like oh i feel like you're offering more now okay maybe yeah. i'm just blind to it then. well just just put this into perspective what greg just said is what you used to offer was that bad <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm just above the acceptable mark now maybe. well <laughs> I think you're sharing more now than you did a year ago. Yeah. He doesn't have to edit you out anymore. <laughs> more is not always better. I don't edit. In fact, you can listen to the <laughs> Zach's intro to the last podcast, oh, no. and I just didn't edit it at all. <laughs> I just kept it all in. <laughs> oh, wait, I did mess that up. doesn't matter. Keep going. I don't edit. I mean, we don't edit this. Mm. This is if real. The, the whole focus of this is to just be behind the curtain, and so why would you edit that? Yeah. The goal... Is authenticity. Yeah, and, and authenticity painful. runs in the opposite direction of excellence often. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. At least what you would, what I when it's perceiving us. At least when it's us. <laughs> Could you, you know, there's a lot of pressure to have authenticity be perfect all the time. That hurts. What? To have both? I don't think you can have authenticity and be perfect. I don't think so either. Paul, there's definitely pressure to do both, though. Yeah. I mean, at least, like, our, our cultural sub-narrative is do things perfect. Sub-narrative is such a good word to use. Oh, yeah. Because, because, because it's we, so millennial. What we say out loud <laughs> is authenticity is key. But the, the underlying the thing that we don't say, the sub-narrative, is... Uh, do perfect, be perfect. Yeah. So we're we're expecting that of ourselves and others, and yet out loud we're saying, but just be yourself, be you authentic. Know, Zach, you've shared a lot of good insights this week. Was that the best one? In text messages yes. or in moments. Sub. I would listen to a podcast of just Zach t- giving those little like five minute nuggets, nuggets, wow. and I would call it sub narrative. Sub nuggets. No. No. Call it no. Sub- See, you just broke it. I don't think nuggets. that means what you think it is. <laughs> See, the, I think that's like the whole theme of this series is sub-narrative. When we talk about success, success is, is layer after layer of sub-narrative. Uh, exp, exp, I think especially in our culture where um, it's so important to be perceived as successful, doesn't matter if you are or not. It's so 
so what people do to be perceived as successful while not necessarily being successful is there's a layers and layers under that. Mm. And then you put on top of that all the Christian baggage and it gets even messier. Do you think that uh, to some degree, and I don't think this is necessarily fully the thing, but do you think success often follows perception of success? What do you mean? I think like in terms of business, oftentimes people are... fake it till you make it? Kind of. Like people don't want to go to a place that they know isn't doing well. Because why would you put yourself in a situation? Or like that feeling. That's the sub-narrative is that if it's something that people like or want to succeed, people say, oh... I wish I would have gone there before they closed. Like, people say things, like, to help those that are struggling. But the actual narrative is what you said, is that people don't go to things that are struggling. Yeah, I know, like, and this could not be the case. It could just be my own perception. But, like, I feel like when we stopped talking about Uptown as being a really hard, difficult, both for church and coffee shop, and actually just started celebrating when things the things that were good, yep. it completely changed the perception that people had of it. And I don't know if it was that fully, but I think that could be part of the reason that things have gotten better. Yeah. Which makes I think me that's why it's, uncomfortable a little bit. There is... Uh, kind of tied into that is we did do remodel there. And so did that change, you know... Why do a couple of surfacey things change enough perspective to radically change how people interact with something? Hmm. And that, that's true with a space. That's also true with... I mean, it, that's all part of my perception. Mm-hmm. And so think how that happens with people as well. And you say, oh, make just a, a couple little subtle changes can have radical impact. Yeah, so there's, uh, this thing is called the Amazon Halo. It has what, Greg's what, pointing what is, to what, a, a WWJD style bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> it apparently has no. some type of electrons in it. WWJD. Yeah. What would Jeff Bezos do? So I am uh, Amazon oh, no. invited a bunch of people to test this. I'm he's, testing this he's thing. He's one of the cool kids. Well, listen, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to do that. But uh, but but seriously, no. <laughs> No, but this has a thing where it has so it has a microphone. It can listen to your voice. It learns how you talk. It learns about your tone, and uh, and then it gives you reports at the end of the day on specific times when you were having conversations with people about how this thinks that you were perceived to the other person. No, we, yuck, yuck. So again, if you since you're not seeing this, he's pointing towards what looks like should be a watch band. Yeah. That is, he's wearing upside down because there is no face to it. It's just has little EKG. Or it's like if you wrapped the band of a watch around the face of the watch. Yeah. You can only see the yeah. sides, and it's okay. really thin. It does a. Yeah. What is it saying about? What it does we're a live. Right now? Does it, it does tell that we're condescending. Yeah. See right there, it said skeptical <laughs> to your voice <laughs> when you're saying it. I mean, but if as you talk, it changes, it and so real? it's really. It's, I think it's actually really interesting, but it goes along with this. Like, uh, in these reports, when I look at them, I wonder about my perception. Is I don't want to hang out with somebody who's like really down and just 
hates life and You're angry all the time. You're discouraged and miserable and irritated See? and annoyed and disgusted it knows that and I dismissive that. Yeah. right Is now. Is it giving you suggestions of what you should buy in that moment? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it probably will tell you when to buy certain things. But you can watch it jump around and tell you different words. What but on earth? It makes me think that, like, okay, the reality is I don't want to hang out with somebody who is just down, annoyed all the time. And so I want to hang out with somebody who's happy and joyful and fun oh, to be around. That's so interesting. Okay, so in real time, I was watching this thing as Greg was talking. And as he was saying the words about negativity and um, annoyance, this button, this little dot on the screen, it shifted down toward the negative side. And as soon as he said, but I want to hang out with, his tone of voice inflected into positive yeah. and it slid all well, you the can way hear it's amazing you do bullet points of negative things your tone drops each one <laughs> i'm sad and disappointed and hurting and but if you're talking about positive things your inflection goes up and up and up and but it goes like, back to this perception of success i think like i don't want to hang out with somebody who's always a bummer to be around i want to hang i, out I think it's so, more powerful than that is to say i don't want to be that bummer to hang out with right and same like in business, I don't, I don't want to be the business or the church where it's like people feel like they have to come because we might close. Yeah. I want, I want to be the place that people actually want to go because it's a, a good time and a good things are offered in, in the yeah. same way. So that's my tie into this Amazon halo <laughs> super weird thing. And it's a little disturbing that they would call it the halo. Uh, yeah. Angels. Yeah. Oh, it does a bunch of health stuff. This is just like a one thing that it does. But yeah. anyways, I'm a beta tester, so it, it, <laughs> yeah. It does your Whole Foods shopping list for you. Yeah, uh, be great. Yeah. So be great. So by the tone of your voice, it just assembles your shopping list, orders yeah. it, ships it to your house. <laughs> yeah, and just like it's super like, upset. Why, I just why need do I have sixteen cluster <laughs> bars to the <laughs> 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 Why did yeah. I gain 60 pounds this month? <laughs> yeah. But it's been, this has been a fascinating, fascinating like process evolution of what we've been planning and working on talking about this week. Last week we started talking about success by bringing focus to an environment as our church, of an environment of where you would look around to evaluate and determine success. And when you are prescriptive about what is success, there's some, a lot of risks entailed in that when you say, all right, you just, if you look at a group of 100 people and you say, success is when you all weigh 120 pounds. And you know, that's like this gross generalization that we can all see that success, that, if that's success in body weight, that's not true for everybody. If you're 6'5 or 4'11, it's radically different. And so when we're prescriptive of success, it, it causes us to miss things. And so we set up an environment saying that if you uh, take all the things that are animated and motivated by your faith and then remove church calendar things, use that as an environment to evaluate success. Now, again, that doesn't say, are you being successful or are you not? But that's, a, that's the place to look around. And then this week, our goal is to take it one step farther. And uh, maybe we're going 14 or maybe we're going backwards. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we, we dug a lot into it. I wonder if we should have made a, instead of a three-week series, a four-week series. and 
I just. I mean, there's... Advent could be just three weeks this year. They call could, it, hey, we... 2020, Advent's short. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Christmas is canceled. You only get Christmas Eve. I'd be really sad if that's what, if like somehow 2020 could cancel Christmas on us. I'd... I mean, if any year of having Christmas canceled, this is probably <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, it could. Because if there is, right now, there is pretty strong suggestions on how you celebrate holidays, and it could come to a go to jail mandate. A so it could be canceled. Vault. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty close to it here in Minnesota. Yeah. Mm. There's we're talking about trust and trustworthiness, but there's a whole bigger picture of we've talked about before, but the concept of doing and the concept of being and how both who you are and what you do are important, but how we get to them is like really foundational to faith. Mm. Um this iceberg picture I was fascinated by because I think when you think of an iceberg and if you know anything about icebergs you've probably heard that there's just a small portion of the berg that's actually above the water and that most of what's did going on. you just on, call it a berg? Yeah, a berg. You, I yeah. was just No, it's always an iceberg. The berg. No. No. The berg. Okay. Most of the berg <laughs> no. exists wow. below the water. Yikes. And I don't like it. If we use it in the picture of being and doing, that most of who we really are as people is actually underwater. Our worldview, our beliefs, our values, the things that we assume, and the only part that's above the water, the doing, is our behavior and the action. But culturally, we kind of act like the iceberg of identity is that the 10% of being is below the water and 90% is above the water, and that's the most important. And, and more specifically for what we're talking about is that success is all above the water and what's below the water isn't necessarily hmm. any aspect of yeah. success. And that trust and being trustworthy is all based on just our action no matter what the cost and that we don't really think about what does it mean to actually be a person who trusts yep. or to be someone who is trustworthy. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Again, we, we start off with those words, success as being trusting, trusting of God, trusting of others, and being trustworthy, trustworthy to God, trustworthy to others. And uh, um, Zach and I talked about this just the other day, is that, you know, to have those things, and this has been part of our conversation for, I guess, 10 days or whatever, is that... Three years. Could be. Goodness. Is that it's, uh, um, if you have this focus on the external as opposed to the being, as you think about success being something that you're motivated towards, uh, what does it say about you when you need to be constantly motivated externally as opposed to you are internally motivated uh, to be something as opposed to just do something? Yeah. We kind of discovered this interesting difference between prescriptions and descriptions that the prescriptive way of doing things is kind of how we do them culturally that we want a list of like here's 10 things you need to do you know, here's the medicine you need to take Just in order to get to, to success yeah. yeah but that success played out is full of descriptors that yeah like oh what is success well it's when i well this is something that describes someone who's successful hmm. and it can be a lot harder to define and it seems like sometimes a lot harder to have a set end goal but hmm. that's kind of the like ding 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 moment 
oh, wait a minute, what is success based on? Is it the end goal or is it the process? Yeah, that description of success allows a lot more different types of people to participate. I feel like a lot of times when we have a prescriptive level of success, you can only have success if you fit that mold exactly. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Success in church is if you show up on Sundays and you invite your neighbors and you do a worship song on the worship team versus as someone who's part of a church, being a successful person looks like being somebody who cares about their neighbors. What, 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 like is, it, who, what is the cost? I mean, it's there's a lot of, maybe it's about these residual impacts, but what is the cost of always saying success is end point, finish line? And that's where, uh, I think that's a lot of the downfall. I'm going to use, I hate sports analogies, but um, with a, what's a problem with a lot of professional sports is that the regular season has lost a lot of its meaning. Um, and especially, I, I mean, I can't watch baseball. It's just unwatchable. <laughs> it's offensive. I know. But, uh, but it's just like, you know, hey, you know what? The pathway to the playoffs is losing 80 games. <laughs> Gross. You know, and so if you just, if, if the value is only in that endpoint, it slowly diminishes the value of, of process, uh, can defame it. And, and so if you look at a group of people and you go, you know what, they're really successful because they have the money, the look, the faith, all the above the iceberg things. You say success, success, success. And then you, you know, the other people have so many things that are in works that are underneath the surface that you know are leading them into a much better place not necessarily even what they do but are just to have all these under the surface things happening and when we idolize just the external the visible as being success and just neglect the, the under the surface it just it ruins people that are in process hmm. it says i'm glad you're in process but that's not really valuable well, if, it, if you have any <clears throat> shame surrounding any of it, you're not going to participate. Yeah. You're going to self, self-cancel. self Like, huh, that's not for me because I don't look yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, the I mean, we talk about the shame-pride spectrum pretty often. Hmm. The pride end of things being that I can easily willpower my way into having my externals look the way that I think they need to look, and then I don't end up actually caring about my internal because I don't need to because hmm. oh look at what I've accomplished look at what I've done and I can I can really hurt people and hurt myself in that process because like it doesn't really matter who I am I, I, I accomplish these goals hmm. no one would ever really say that to themselves I don't think but we operate that way sometimes hmm. we're asking some fun questions along the way in this and I think a lot of these questions point to the process that we've really gone through and, and I just I think it's fascinating to me from what a lot of what I I wrote and thought a lot about what I'm going to be talking about in my portion is that there are a, a lot of descriptors or or prescriptors in scripture that um, I, I usually read them and go you know I, I go to well this is showcasing my lack of success and reminding me that I'm a failure and Telling me what I should do, and uh, I actually really struggle, and so I'm not doing it. I'm a failure. All those types of—it's so easy to do, as opposed to seeing it as a describer of uh, um, what can 
can be. And so like, it's like there can this could just be a dis, you know a difference by just simple semantic, but I think it's so much more to see uh, these words of scripture as describing as opposed to just commanding. Yeah. And uh, and then to ask the the question out of that is when you think about these different things and just you know, rattle them off quickly without the scriptural background. But if you're know, responding to simple instructions, having a desire to please God, having an upside down measure of success, being energized by relationship with God, embracing the measure of success internally as opposed to externally. You know, when I think about my life, how do these questions challenge or focus me by how they describe me, not by what just they tell me to do? Yeah. But these things are in who we are they're meant to be byproducts of being rather than these things that mm. we aim for in doing yeah and it's like the difference between we have friends in Wisconsin who have a duplex and when we moved in we lived in their place for a year and a half and we helped renovate it and we tore everything out and rebuilt and the inside was so nice mm. and they didn't have the cash to redo the siding and the siding was in terrible shape so you look externally and like wow that looks like trash and then you walk in and you realize this is a really great house <laughs> and the flip of that being if you if you have a house that's in disrepair and in shambles and you just do the siding yeah like it looks great and yet you enter and wow it needs a lot of work i was uh two years ago in our parent teacher conferences those are almost over for you. Uh, I know it. I'm almost an empty nester unless there are college. Nope, there aren't. So, um, <laughs> unless you have surprise kids on the girl. The girl. Thanks. I thought oh that's where goodness. you were going. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I would not stop laughing for oh, a long time. <laughs> yeah, be, oh boy. But the thing that was interesting. So my girls did open school. It's a different. It's a theory of education. And there's some things that are not as great and some things that are really good about it. But one of the things that's super fascinating to me is that the open program doesn't give letter grades to things. At the end of the, each semester, they're forced to give a letter grade in order to con comply with the state and school's expectations. But the reason they say, it, it, and I think it's really, really true, is they say that um, uh, follow-up after a test or follow-up after a paper is radically different when you when you receive your test back and it says or you receive your paper back and it says you got a B. Uh, the psychological analysis says that a person sees that and just goes, well, that's what I got and it is what it is. It's done. It's over. But when you don't get a grade, but rather you get written feedback, that's when there's pushback. That's when there's evaluation. That's when there's opportunity to. They show that students engage in well, what, why. You know, why did you say that I'm actually, I could have better sentence structure? I suppose, well, B, it's good enough. Hmm. You know, instead of saying, you know, well, I passed. If they're saying, uh, the answer is, here's what you did and here's what you didn't do. Here's what you can do better and here's what. It's, it's so much easier to just give a letter grade as opposed to give verbal feedback. Yeah, the feedback's more important than the grade. Yeah, but if a grade is given, they've, open school says that, it says that, Students don't even look at the feedback because sure. it's over. It's been done. And if there is no grade attached to it, the same feedback is engrossed, it's dove into because instead of just going, 
The letter, the red pen on the front says B+. There's a whole bunch of writing in there that the teacher said they don't even look at it. Mm. But if there's no letter grade, and it's the same feedback as on the inside, students engage in that, what was said. And so is that the, the equivalent of having a measure of success that is difficult or almost impossible for someone else to measure for you? Yes, and it also goes to the, the place where, you know, we see God going, you know what, you're not perfect, but I'll give you a B. And, like, and that's as far as we go. But if I don't, God doesn't deal with us that way. Sometimes goes, it'd be nice. <laughs> I know, but, but rather oh, God, no. God, God goes, God goes I'm, you know what, I really love you, and you need a lot of grace. <laughs> and we go what does that mean he says well keep engaging in the process and uh, um, I think that gives a lot of opportunity and when in the church world when we say you know what like there are some weird things that are these parameters of success in our western church like man if you can have a church that has a thousand people you did Made it. it you did it mm-hmm. yeah. well what does that mean I don't know what what actually does that mean? I don't know, but that's that's a simple measure of success. And so what would happen is that you can get to that parameter. All right, we have a thousand people. Well, what is good? I don't know. We made it to a thousand. Well, what hasn't been good? I don't know. We made it to a thousand. And the same thing with faith. You say, you know, you know what? You're you're reaching. You're telling your neighbors about Jesus. Well, what's the outcome of that? I don't know. I'm telling them. What, what's been bad? I don't know. I'm telling them about Jesus. You know, and so this, again, it's what's under the iceberg, the internal, being trustworthy, trusting God, uh, being described by Scripture as opposed to being just commanded by Scripture is uh, eternally complex but really, really important. That's good. It makes me realize that uh, I think we've talked to that just because we focus on the internal doesn't mean the external has no merit or importance. Because hmm. if I plant something in the ground and it doesn't grow anything, I mean, it's still useless. It doesn't matter how much like under-service process it did. Yeah. If it doesn't grow, if it doesn't produce fruit, then at some point it's useless. But um, it really is this... I don't know where I was going with that. And my, my brain literally <laughs> just stopped... <laughs> Um, we'll bring it back to the, your question. What are the differences between doing when it comes to uh, being and doing when it comes to being trustworthy or trustworthiness? Yeah. You know, yeah. that if we... Uh, if, if being trustworthy and trusting is just about doing, uh, you can be manipulative, hmm. terrible, hurtful. Yeah. And look, look at people and go, I don't know why you don't trust me. Look what I'm... That's the moment when yeah. it's like, you know, it's the buying flowers or giving a gift in order to cover up your lunacy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Here's what I was going to say. I remember with that picture, we, when we understand that both the internal and the external, they both do have importance... I want to be free in our conversation. I want, I want us to like be able to be free to not feel like we have to focus on the externals. Uh, 
because we're already inclined to do that, but to focus on, yeah, like who am I? Hmm. And to recognize if I, if, and I really believe this in faith, that it's, it's true everywhere, but especially in faith. If I focus on internal process, I think external will take care, not of itself, but it will be a byproduct. Yeah. Just like a descriptor. If, if I focus on internal of who I am in life as a husband, as a parent, and in this greater conversation of trust and trustworthiness as a follower of Jesus, the inevitable byproduct is that my doing will be good. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're a trustworthy person, people will trust you. And if you're going, yeah. I'm trustworthy and no one's trusting you, <laughs> probably means you're not trustworthy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and Something's it, and wrong. It, and, it's yeah. Process, and it's process over time because, you know, you may be... Uh, being trustworthy for that amount of time isn't it. It's it's being trustworthy through process over time. And there's need for grace, but there's also engaging that I I'm gonna keep I'm working on this always. It's just like being saying that you're a you know, you're not a good parent if you just say, Well, you know what, the kids really wanted to go to Valley Fair, so I took them to Valley Fair, I'm a good parent. Yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> Or, you know, I, you know I'm, I'm a good disciplinarian because I told them what they should have done. Or I'm, I'm a good employee because I, you know, because I showed up today. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and to engage, engage this holistically is, is so important. Yet, in Christianity and, and in church, for some reason, I think we fully embrace that idea. But yet, in practice... That seems to really be missed. Yeah. What's going on under the surface? Figure out who, who we are. Yep. Yep. This is a great church because they did that one thing. Yeah. You know, I'm a great Christian because I... Yeah. As a person who would say that I'm not the most in touch with my emotions or feelings all the time, I usually... It's usually required of me to look at my external actions in order to understand what I'm mm. feeling internally. Mm-hmm. I was, I've been writing a lot this year about how do I know when I'm stressed. And so like I created this list of like a bunch because of things. Because your wrist tells you. Yeah. That's, <laughs> well, like in it, I, I wrote that like my team knows I'm stressed when I'm eating a Buster Bar. Mm-hmm. Like the, the day's been hard. So like there's these things that I think a lot of time for me... I just will turn on autopilot and not think yeah. about those things. Uh, but it's important that not the doing, like you said, isn't the important. The doing is the outcome of what's happening internally. Yeah. But we should know what's happening externally so that maybe it can help us understand what's happening internally. I know for me I do. So. Yeah. Oy. Thanks for that conversation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I the whole focus of this and why we bring this to the end of this year of 2020 and, and all the challenges that we faced and all these things is that uh, it's it's so so easy to say, well, we didn't do a lot of things this year. Well, that's a failure. Or <laughs> to say, well, we couldn't do a lot of things. So I guess that's an excuse. So it's okay. We didn't fail. And uh, I think that we, as followers of Christ, um, in any situation, in any circumstance, 
need to be always going back to what what is process and what what is the value of this mm-hmm. moment and how am I being shaped and how is this changing my trajectory and how mm-hmm. am I representing Christ and, yeah. and all these huge things as opposed to just going just tell me what to do and I'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. The wild thing is God looks at us and we, he says that he trusts us. And not only that, I think he calls us trustworthy even when our track record shows otherwise. I'd yep. say my my faith definitely says that within within Christ God believes things about us that aren't true based on our action. Mm-hmm. Which I I don't get that. <laughs> yeah. But how empowering is that when when God believes things about us that he says are true? Even if we haven't gotten to the point where our action lines up with it. Yeah, and Scott's talked about that a bunch of times, and it's like broken my brain because, like, I always thought, you know, everyone has a God given purpose. We have to figure it out and do those things. That's what we're supposed to do. And then I started to think the reality more looks like God saying, I don't care what you do, I trust you. (laughs) Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not, and not as an excuse to not do anything, but as in, like, a full submission yeah. of himself yep. to trust yeah. each trust us like it's crazy I think a healthy parent looks at a 20 year old and says uh, isn't saying this is what you need to do for your career this is who you need to marry this is where you need to live and this is what you need to do hmm. and uh, it just there's this moment as a parent you go I'm so excited that of who you are yeah I'm glad that I can be a part of it and I'm, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. Yeah. And what if God is, you know, and we pray, God, tell me, God, tell me, God, tell me. <laughs> and God is just going, uh, I'm just really excited to see what you're going to do. <laughs> and you're going, just tell me who yeah. to marry and where to live. Well, he says, I'm excited to see what you're going to do because I know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know growing up in church, the question was, what, yeah, what calling does God have on your life? And maybe there's some of that, but I know I want my kids when they grow up, if they're in any kind of youth group culture, I want their pastors and the people who they look up to to ask them the question, uh, who does God want you to be and who has he made you to be? And I just, wow, that's a powerful question for me as an adult to like, what if I sit in that every day? Who has God made me to be? Who does he want me to be? Yeah, apparently... That's the scriptural pattern is that God is really engaged in wanting to help people be and in what you do. Not that God shrugs his shoulders, but maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 And so when we think about success, you got to bring that back. That, that success is not, I'm going to do these. That's, that's the scriptural perspective that I'm going to try to communicate in this, is that the success is not... Oh man, I gotta do these things. I gotta do these things. But rather, success is. Oh man, I can't believe these these things are describing me. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, in my head, that sounds like that's the same thing. But I can feel in my heart like, oh, that's radically different. Yeah. As opposed to I, when I go, um, I need to be energized by the by God. And so when I say, all right, I gotta do that, as opposed to going. Oh man, I am that. And I want to be. I want to be that more. Yeah. Not just do it. I want to be that more. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yep. I don't know if that was anything. <laughs> Thanks for listening. That's good. It's better than last week's. <laughs> <laughs>